Spanish house girl in this pool apart. Ain't but three of us. Figure4Online.com slash WrestlingObserver.com The top moments from 2022. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's me, long gone, and look at him over there again. I ain't gonna call his name. But we'll make it feel good just the same. Uh, Tatanka versus Tatanka versus Reno Riggins. So I've seen Reno a thousand times. For some reason, he shows up on Raw, and instead of your standard wrestler gear, he has leopard print speedos and no knee pads. And I don't know what it is. You see a wrestler in trunks and knee pads and boots. I mean, it's because I've been watching wrestling for all my life. But that looks, that looks totally normal. Sure. You take his knee pads off, and nine times out of ten. Suddenly, it's like suggestive and lewd. Well, he's wearing less clothes, Vinny. But it's his knees. It doesn't matter. You're seeing way more skin. Am I that sensitive to knees? That they're apparently a, cover those kneecaps up, boy. Yeah, in the old Vinny's, days, you had to cover your knees, Vinny. Yeah, Vinny's from the 1920s. Apparently, yeah. I mean, look at him, but. <laughs> <laughs> what so, match are we talking about? Reno oh yeah. Hey, fuck. Let me tell you something, everybody. This fucking Reno Riggins. Until Ted DiBiase showed up, this guy was the best worker on the show. Yes, absolutely. by like a thousand. Yes. Yep. Like when I was a kid, it's you know it's Reno Riggins. I guess I wasn't a kid, but I was eighteen. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was busy making R E S P E C T videos with <laughs> Nuprin. But anyway. Not that kind of new print. So uh, this guy comes on, and it's I'm like, oh, fuck, Reno Riggins, of all people, this jobber. And then he gets in there, and he was fucking great. Hmm. Like, legitimately, not even he was good. He was great. And he worked fucking rings around Tatanka. And I'm just sitting here thinking, and it's not like Reno Riggins was fat or, or too skinny or, you know, he was a muscular dude. He had a mullet like everybody else. Everyone in this match had a mullet. The referee yes. had a mullet. Tatanka had a mullet, and Reno Riggins had a mullet. So they all have tweet. they all have shitty mullets. Yes, they all have these <laughs> shitty mullets. He's a big, strong guy. He had a better physique than Tatanka. And I'm like, why is this guy? Aside from the fact that he's the Native American Tatanka, they came up with a stupid gimmick for him. Other than that, why does he have a job? And Reno Riggins, why can't Reno Riggins, uh, Reno uh, Casino cheater? Why can't he have a job, but Repo Man has a job? Reno Casino Cheater. Yeah, Reno Riggins. You're rigging the Reno Casinos. Ah, I see. Fucking name. You didn't know that, you idiot? What did you think Reno Riggins was? The guy with the last name Riggins? From the Riggins family? Yes. I got a great name for our son, Reno. Well, the Reno part was weird. You never knew why he was called Reno Riggins? That's news. God. He was a card counter. God, Jesus, Vinny, please. Huh. I love how angry this makes you. Well, no shit, that's what Reno Riggins is. Bro, is anybody listening to this within the sound of my voice like, what, Reno Riggins? I just now got it after 46 years. Anyway, he's a great worker. He was better than anybody on this show. And given the match at DiBiase, had, he may have been better than Ted DiBiase as well. But God, he was fucking great. It was the only good thing on this whole entire show. 
but it was good enough that I got to watch this match for 36 minutes and enjoyed myself. He was great. He did take a backdrop here higher than like the ladder Cody was on on Dynamite. <laughs> high, high, high in the air. You ever heard of Just Incredible, Vinny? I have, yes. Yeah? And it sounds You realize like, if you say it fast, it's Just Incredible? I think Kurt Angle pointed that out. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. When you when you saw that, you're like, God damn, he's right. He's Never thought of that. Got a point. Just Incredible? Olympic medalist. Do you have any memories of Billings, Montana? <laughs> no, I never was there. Where, where in Montana did you grow up? There's more than one city. Hamilton and Baker. Hamilton and Baker. Oh, Baker. Montana. Beautiful uh, Baker, Montana. Yeah. What are your memories of Baker? Oh, hey, there's lots of them. What's your favorite one? Name one. Just just before we moved, they had drugged somebody out of the lake. <laughs> That's my last memory of, of Baker. Is that why you moved? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's getting hot. <laughs> Clear town. They're on to us. Pack your stuff. Pack your We're stuff. Out of here. Cover of darkness. <laughs> Granny, where's the one place anywhere in the world you'd like to go before you turned 30? Before I turned 30? <laughs> Which was 62 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, maybe you meant 130. <laughs> yeah, where do you want to go before you're 130 years old, Granny? I'd like to go back to Laughlin. Hmm. Yeah. Is that also in Montana? No, you idiots in Nevada. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, I Reno knew. Riggins. I knew that. Granny, if you heard a wrestler whose name was Reno Riggins, oh what gosh. do you what do you think that that uh, is a reference to? Don't have any idea. Oh God, why did I ask? Why do I do anything? Been wondering that why, all day. Why, why do you ask me? Because I don't know. Reno much. Riggins. I don't know. Maybe if you shout it louder, maybe that'll trigger something. Reno! You know what Reno is? You were yeah. there a thousand times. Yeah. What's you ever heard the, the term rigging? No. You've never heard the term rigging? Uh-uh. It just keeps getting better. What is it? You rigged the slot machine. Oh, shoot. You can't do that. I didn't ask if you could do it. Have you heard the term? No. Never have. Why is this so important to you? I know. I, why? Me. It doesn't matter. Read the I know. One. Exactly. God. What's the best part about waking up? <laughs> she says you can't do it, and then she says she'd never heard of it. Okay. What? The best part She's of the best up? worker in this business. I don't know if you guys are aware are of that. Are you accusing your grandmother of ringing yes, slot machines? Yes, of course. What was the question, the next question? What's the best part about waking up? It's not Folgers. That's right. That I did. Knowing that I'm still alive. Literally, exactly. Literally nothing. It's the worst part of the day. God, Vinny. A movie recommendation for a bad day. At least that's the worst part of the day than watching NXT. Actually, is. Granny, a movie recommendation for a bad day. A what? A movie. What movie would you watch if you were having a bad day? Ocean's Eleven. You can learn oh. about some Reno Riggins. Good choice, Brian. Yeah. Gosh, I can't think of anything. Uh, You've never seen a good movie. 93 years. Uh, t- two Girls and a Sailor, I guess. That was one of my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> I've seen that. What uh, a callback. <laughs> sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely seen it. I thought it. there was a cup involved. I've definitely seen it. I'm not sure it's the same movie she's talking about. No, but. no cup, Brian. Oh. 
Well, here's a great question. We've been talking about this for hours. What is the most annoying thing Brian does? Oh, oh fuck. There was. Hold on, I've written some of these things down. Oh. You tell him, Craig. Don't ask that guy. I uh, want to so hear him. You could uh, start with the calling your grandmother bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on the list of fucking things I do that are annoying, that's yeah, at the top. That's it, that's and, it and, Brian, your language. And the other thing that's is, it. your grandmother doesn't want you to curse, so you double down. I did not double down. I think you, he does it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I only swore when you're on, Granny. Next question. Hold on, I got more. <laughs> Keep going, Craig. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. He pays my salary. 49. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com, watching myself almost kill myself on that backdrop. What the heck's going on? You in socks too. You worry Apparently about slipping. We've got slipping. a timing issue. There we go. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> what, you, what about my socks? I'm just making fun of them. Risking Why? slipping there instead of just being in bare feet. Oh, you know thing. everything about gymnastics and spring floors, brother. I thought you were wrestling. Is that what this is? Glorified gymnastics. Well, I, I would you think bums. that as, as someone who actually you... did it, I'd know if I was going to slip on those socks, which Somebody... clearly, oh, clearly, yeah. I never did. Yeah, when are you going to start wrestling, you know? Too bad you've been faking it all these years doing that. When are you going to take that seriously? Maybe learn some some things from your old tag team partner, Brian Alvarez, filthy Tom Lawler, who you're about to do a show with and probably for the second straight year receive the worst partner in the world. Uh, when in am the I going to start world, wrestling? I've been doing the fake stuff. What are you talking about? How about, Don't seven, go back to how about 17 straight years this mm-hmm. this month? Mm-hmm. Not this month. But uh, back, staring up at the seventeen lights, years. Of Don't jiu-jitsu. try to change it. Oh, now, yeah, jiu-jitsu. seventeen years. Look, look, listen to this. You haven't done anything for seventeen years in your whole life. I oh, did yeah? jujitsu for seventeen years. Uh huh. Right. Look at you. Name something. <laughs> Name something you did for seventeen years. Drink. Sex. Boning. Oh, what do you get think of out that? Here, you're True. disgusting. Yeah, I love it too. Still you're, do it. You're a disgusting. Filthy. Cretan. Filthy like filthy Tom Lawler, and hopefully I win a filthy award this year. Oh, man, I hope you on. do too, brother. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Hey, can we uh, get going here and talk about SmackDown? Let's get moving. Here at the end of Observer Live today when Mike decides to start talking about humping. That's what I really need to hear about on national humping. radio. Fuck me. You mean like... I said, Him? name. I was talking about, he, he told me that I never, he was like, when are you going to do the real stuff, all that fake wrestling? I was like, motherfucker, I've been a black belt, I've been, I've been grappling for 17 fucking years this year. I go, what have you been doing for 17 years? You know, he goes, he goes, porkin. Maybe he didn't use that word, but he used oh. some disgusting, <laughs> cretinous comment that made me vomit in my mouth right at the end of the show. Surprise, bonin, he said, bonin. I'm like, how well, the fuck that's... have we not been kicked off this byline because of you and your fucking bonin talk? Bowen is a lot different than Porkin. God. The Either only way. Let's get to this Porkin Smackdown show so we can just move on to the good stuff. There is no Porkin on this show, but th- there was like a year ago when Daniel Bryan was Porkin Yeah, remember that Otis. when he was fucking Otis? <laughs> yeah. In the ass? That's where this yeah. show has come to today. I'm already off the rails. We're fucking how many minutes in? Ten? What are you, ripping rails over there? 
Is it snowing? Is it snowing in Seattle? It ain't snowing. <laughs> oh yeah, you wish. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing, though. It ain't fucking snowing, but it snowed so much on Snoqualmie Pass, which is how trucks get into this fucking side of the state. That like there ain't shit at the grocery store. I went there the other day. The bread aisle is fucking empty. There's no fucking meat. There's nothing in the grocery store. It's barren. Wow. Hey, uh, I remember like maybe three or four years ago, there were some real bad snowstorms up there, weren't there? And uh, I was driving across Snoqualmie Pass in a rental car with no fucking chains. And it said, to drive up this mountain, you need chains on your car. Bro. And I said, well, well, shit, I can't turn around now. And I drove my ass to Hermiston, Oregon and wrestled probably 30 minutes in the main event in front of rabid fans, and I mean that in not the nicest way, but they probably had rabies in that city. Wow. And then I had to drive back to catch a flight, and I had to go around because the Palm Pass was closed. Exactly. So it seven hours. Now it's fucking closed. Airport. You couldn't even drive over that if you had chains. You know who's going to be there If you had a fucking at you couldn't get over that fucking pass right now. They better get some fucking groceries for me, because I'm coming on Friday. Yeah, you're damn right my grocery stores could use some porkin'. I take porkin' right now. I got no meat. You know how much fucking bacon is in the store right now? 14 fucking dollars for a package of bacon. Thank God I got a net worth of $12 just, million. Dollars. Why don't you just tell Mike to do some boning over there? People and, used and to talk about you and your wagyu, Brian. Now it's like you and your fucking bacon... 14 bucks for a package of bacon. Dude, we got to get going. We're never going to get this done. Smackdown. I'm bringing the sausage on Friday if you want to meet up. No. I do not want to meet up <laughs> for a bite of your sausage. I'm sorry. I'll meet you. 48. Tom, brother, are you are you allowed to shave over there, or what the hell's going on with your face, brother? What is that? Well... I thought about shaving, but uh, I've actually been spending quite a bit of time on Twitter in between getting my ass kicked, and um, I've it's come to my attention that there is a contingent of fans who uh, refer to themselves as lesbians who believe me to be an undercover werewolf and uh, I don't think that's undercover whatsoever so I figured I'm just going to let her ride what are you talking about I swear to god Brian (laughs) what are you talking about listen a bunch of lesbians on twitter think you're a werewolf that's right yep you got it You understood correctly. No, I, I didn't understand correctly, Tom, because I... No, you did. <laughs> no. That's exactly, that's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I meant. Filthy Tom. Werewolf. Well, I'm going to see if anything comes up here, Tom, because I think you're making up a story here. I promise you, there were tweets saying that uh, John Moxley must be a vampire and I must be a werewolf. I don't know why, but so... Here I am. Yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see anything on on Twitter about this, Tom. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, not, listen, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up to make myself sound better. Well, you're definitely not making yourself sound better. 
But I, I do think that you're making that that part of this this story. I promise you, I'm not. Okay, well, you know, a lot of people uh, wondering what the hell you're talking about. Forty-seven. Granny, let's do the wrestling report. Tell me what I didn't see this week. I can't correct you. I will presume everything you say is true. That's why I messed it up on purpose. Oh, good. Okay, two weeks ago on Friday Night SmackDown, uh, they had a ladies tag team. <coughs> tag. Tag team. And then uh, I saw uh, Roman Reigns fire Paul Heyman. Was there a review of this ladies' tag match? Just it happened. <laughs> I mean, for all I know, it didn't happen. Who well, was in it? What was it scored? It was a, a women's tag team, and all I can remember here is uh, uh, Storm and Shatsy won it. Yeah, uh, uh, Tony Storm pinned Charlotte, if I recall correctly, and I didn't even see it. I don't remember even Charlotte being in that one. <laughs> okay, glad I asked. Glad I asked. Okay, so this last week, uh, Heyman does a promo about how, why he got fired or whatever, what, how he feels about it. And I didn't really listen to it. And then uh, Charlotte versus Storm again. Oh, this was uh, the one where S- Tony Storm won. I don't know. So far the why am I reviewing shows I never saw? <laughs> there was a match. I didn't watch it. There was a promo. I didn't listen to it. Okay, uh... Storm That's what I saw in. this week. Can I do this? Yeah. Storm gets in a few punches. No match for evil Char. Does her usual unfair moves. Storm manages to get Char in a figure eight leg lock. Face kick out of the ring by Char and a bang Storm's head on the corner post. And tries to hang on to the rope for the help for the count. You know, like she did last time. And she won unfair. She tried it again, and the ref got her. But uh, Cher won it anyway. I'm going to give that a five. I think you've confused the two blonde women, Granny. No, it was Storm. You just said it was Charlotte. Charlotte let... and Storm. Yeah. I'll be, right be right back. Hang on. But who won, Granny? I told you Char won it again. I don't think she won it. Yes, she did. All right, I'm gonna this go find. I know she. Did. I'm gonna go find out right now, Granny. Don't you okay. yell at me. I'm going to the report right here. Okay. Okay. You may be right. As noted, I didn't see the show, but let's see what it says here. Charlotte Flair versus Tony Storm. I was right. Charlotte won. All right. Next match, Granny. Aha! I told you, Charlotte won. Are you back, Vinny? I'm back, yes. All right, what keep are... going, Granny. Next next match. I'm you just pulled a canyon. Out. I'm trying to figure out which one is which. I've learned uh, from the best. Okay, we had Judgment Day 2000. This was uh, tag team guys. Edge and Christian against uh, Angle and the big fat guy, Ribkiski or something. <laughs> Radisky, I think it was. <laughs> Radisky, yes. The big heavy guy. <laughs> and the big heavy it's bloke. It's Armageddon yeah. Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Angle starts by... Was this in a cage, Granny? No. No, it was a tag team match, Craig. Oh, never mind. I apologize. Wrong Radisky match. Right. Angle starts by side head kick on Christian, jumps over each other, 
Edge winds up straddled on the top rope. Uh, Rocky has Christian in the corner put his butt in oh. in uh, poor Christian's face. Gross. Gross. Disgusting. Rocky beats Christian bad. Who? Angle... <laughs> he said Rocky. <laughs> Is the Barons in this match? Uh, Angle comes back and gets Edge in the corner. Does the run jump on him? I booked that one too. More back and forth. Rocky pins one of them for the win. Rocky? Rocky! Whatever I called him, whatever. Yeah. I gave that a four. Four. Hmm. Okay, now this one is a three. It's a three-way match between. I mean, they had to have three matches. Okay. Uh, this this was between Rock and uh, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels was the referee. Start with a bunch of barricade hits and punches. Rock has upper hand for a while, but Triple H has a win this one, which, uh-oh. Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Triple H won. Let's when when you got way. a big trailer. I did. I have to do it this way. Uh, I, started, I started on the second one instead of the first. Okay. Now this says third match. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Oh. Okay, anyway, uh, Rock wins the first one. And, okay. And uh, Triple H wins the second one. <laughs> Get rid of all the details. <laughs> the box score. Let's do the box yes. score here. Who won the third one? Okay. Starts uh, third match. Both Triple H bloody. Rock gets uh, Triple H's legs around the corner post straddled and working on... The sore knee, lots of two counts, and a figure four. Hold on, Triple H bangs. Bangs, uh. Rock, rock. face on the apron. Down the walkway come the McMahons, Vince, Steph, and Shane. After a few, uh, they tried to interfere, even Steffi got in the ring. Rock is about ready to hit her, but Ooh. something stops him. And down the walkway comes Undertaker on his bike. From then on, it is nothing but chaos. Can't tell what is going on. Somehow, Rock pins Triple H for the win. The McMahon family help bloody Triple H out. So Michaels decides to give the win to Triple H. Undertaker follows Michaels out. Very angry. That that. Huh. That's it? That's it for tonight. Wow. Except my book. All right, let's hear this does, book. Does that does that match get a grade? Yeah, what did you grade oh. that match? <laughs> or score? Eight. Eight? Yeah. Wow. And if I did uh, Charlotte and Storm, I gave those a five. Oh, wow. She hates but Charlotte, that, so it must have been a good match if you gave it a five. That that, that other, uh, that three-way one was a really good match. Mm. Oh. Lots of bloody stuff. Oh, wow. I thought women didn't like blood. (laughs) When it's on Triple H, I don't care. (laughs) I might have felt sad if it was rock. Sure, yeah. yeah. The baby face bleeds. Not good. He'll bleed, so he gives a shit. My fingers are numb, so I can't turn the page. Are your windows open? That doesn't sound good. 
I got my... Oh, here we go. I think this is it. Ah. Uh, now, listen, you guys. If I sound like I'm reading it over, it's because it's in every book. It's almost the same thing. Get okay. what I mean? Yeah, sure. Okay. Except if, for last time. Uh, D... How do you pronounce D-I-B-I-A-S-O? The base. The base? The base. That's how you pronounced other... it last week. I would have called it diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> diabetes? It's actually they... DiBiase. DiBiase? Let me do it. The... You do it your way, Granny. Let me call him D. Okay. Or D or something. The million dollar D, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> And his undertaker stood in the ring. Bearer walked in. The two men in black hoods brought a casket. Scary organ music played. While smoke came out of the casket, Bearer... Did the million-dollar D have a scary organ? Or? Mm-hmm. Bearer left an urn from it. This urn supposedly hold the undertaker's power. He lifted the lid. It glowed from inside. Then a bell rang. A figure appeared. He wore a long black coat. A wide-trimmed hat cast shadows on his face. The fans went wild. Turn page. I'm not sure. It's been a long time. <laughs> I'm having trouble. My fingers are numb. The two wrestlers faced Is this a common thing, Granny, or should we be calling the doctor? Don't worry about it. <laughs> their long hair hid their faces. Bear's Undertaker wore purple gloves and boots. Debye, I'll call them Debye's, worn gray ones. The gray Undertaker threw a punch, but the purple Undertaker stopped it. He kicked and punched his opponent. They battled it out. The announcers didn't know which was the real Undertaker. The purple Undertaker climbed into the top rope. He walked the t- top the rope off the, the rope to the middle. Then he leaped on his opponent. An announcer said only one undertaker could walk the ropes like that. The wrestler is in purple was real undertaker. The undertaker took hard hits, but it seemed like nothing hurt him. He wrapped his arms around the imposer. He lifted him upside down. Then he slammed him into the mat. This was the was his tombstone pile driver. He did it again and again. Then he pinned the imposter. The real undertaker had proven himself. The black hooded men returned with the casket. The undertaker rolled the imposter inside. The true undertaker had returned. That's Very it. good, Granny. Very good. Uh, I love that he confirmed he's the real undertaker by winning a fight. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. If Filthy Tom walks in and says, I'm the real Vinny V, and I say, no, you're not, and he beats my ass... That make him Vincent for high Because uh, the problem with your theory is is Filthy would never try to be you. Well, of course not. It would be you going in trying to be an imposter Filthy Tom. Yeah, that's a good point. And then we would know who was the real Filthy Tom based on who beat the other's ass, which would be, by the way, the real Filthy Tom. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, yes. of course, Vinny. Yes. Don't be so ridiculous. It's the instigator. Is Don't try to think about this stuff too much, Vinny. It's just wrestling. I see. Just a guy popping up after a pile driver. 46. Wrestling Observer Live Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. And next weekend, Ric Flair will celebrate his career and have his last 
match next Sunday. The whole event with StarCast interviews, the Ric Flair roast, and a star-studded card with matches from companies around the world. The whole event, if you want to buy it, is $200. You can't buy it a la carte as well, but you know, the economy is rough right now, and I know maybe with gas prices and everything, you may not be able to afford it. So, as a public service to you, and because I love the roasts, the roasts are my favorite TV shows of all time. I watch them again and again and again. Here are just some of the jokes, maybe most of the jokes, you will hear next Friday at the Ric Flair Roast. But before I begin, I want to say that I wish I could do it next weekend, but the roast is Friday, so I have to do it today because next Saturday will be too late. One more thing for all of you stooges. All the people who listen to the show and stooge things off that I say, I want to say that these are just jokes. If you're too thick to understand that. Roasts are fun because people say outrageous things, but they're to people that they love. They don't mean them. They're just jokes. So, I want to say up front, because it's the radio, that I've got nothing but respect for everyone. That I like everyone. They're just jokes. They don't mean anything. And they're just for fun. So lighten up, Francis. Also, I'm nobody. Nobody cares what I have to say anyway. I'm not even famous enough to be there. Much like Ric Flair with his children growing up, I won't be there. A 21-time world champion, one title Ric Flair didn't win, was father of the year. I'm not saying that Ric Flair neglected his children, but the only people who called him daddy were at the airport Marriott Bar. Ric Flair just helicoptered into Nashville, and boy is his crotch tired. Ric Flair is the man who makes flight attendants cringe. He is the personification of the upright and locked position. I mean, after all, what was the big deal? What was that flight attendant's problem? Conrad Thompson has had Rick's junk on his chin all the time. You don't hear him complaining. You know, five years ago, Ric Flair had surgery to remove an obstructive piece of his bowel turned out to be Conrad's nose up his butt. And thank goodness, Rick has Conrad to collect his debts, his belts, his daughters. In September of 2007, Rick Flair, this is true, remember this? Rick Flair opened up a financial business. A financial business! Rick Flair Finance. A year later, it filed for bankruptcy, that's true. Ric Flair finance is like Vince McMahon marriage counseling. Of course, Ric Flair's, uh, Flair's performance in the Royal Rumble is legendary. He went over an hour, which is a record for Ric Flair keeping his pants on. The Ric Flair roast is going to be at the Nashville Fairgrounds, which is only fitting. The last time we saw 
this many ugly carnies altogether. It was old home week at the Jim Rose Circus. Very exciting. All the famous people at the Ric Flair Roast, including Rosie O'Donnell and Joy Behar. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard. Ricky Morton, it's got a last match on Ric Flair's roast, his last card. We will have to hurry up, though. Ricky Morton has got two double shots that night. Also has to cut a ribbon at the swap meet in Knoxville in the morning. You know, this is true. In the 1980s, Ricky Morton was so popular, he recorded a song called Boogie Woogie Dance Hall. Have you heard it? My God, it's, it's freaking awful. When you ordered it, not only did you get the 45, but it also came with a poster. That way there'd be two things inside flatter than Ricky's voice. That record was responsible for a rash of dog suicides throughout the Carolinas. You'd play the record and automatic garage doors would malfunction all throughout the South. I tried to buy the record on Amazon. It said people who bought this also bought rat poison. Who am I? making fun of Ricky Morton. He's made millions in child support payments. Ricky Morton is known for selling his furniture, his blood, his sperm. Ricky Morton, of course, will always be known for being part of that famous team. Of course, I'm talking about the York Foundation. What was that? What was that? What was the York Foundation? What were you... Were you an evil business group? All wearing suits? Were you were you Enron? Were you Google? Ricky Morton, did you see it? Came out wearing a suit. With his mullet, he looked like he had a court date. Of course, to be fair, Ricky Morton's haircut is business in the front. Ricky Morton is having his last... Or Ric Flair, I should say. Is having his last match on Sunday. At 73, he's got a pacemaker. People are worried about his heart. His heart? What about his liver? Ric Flair's liver. Ric Flair's liver. I mean, people should be worried about that. Ric Flair's liver is so big and black. How big and black is it? Thank you for asking. Ric Flair's liver is so big and black. It was once the third member of the Zambui Express. Ric Flair's liver is so big and black. How big and black is it? Thank you. Ric Flair's liver, so big and black, if you put your ear to his side, you can hear it sing, Grab Them Cakes. One more. Ric Flair's liver is so big and black. How big and black is it? Thank you. Ric Flair's liver is so big and black, Jim Cornette wanted Tammy Sitch to manage it. You know, even though Ric Flair supported Jesse Elms, I I don't want to imply anything. After all, Jade Lethal is one of Ric Flair's last opponents, and I'm relieved. I I expected Rick to ask Jade Lethal to wear a chauffeur's hat. Of course, the only thing worse than being Ric Flair's chauffeur would be his flight attendant or being Ric Flair, or being Vince McMahon's limo driver. But, you know, 
I look, a lot of African-American rappers and athletes admire Ric Flair. You know, there's that song, Ric Flair Drip. You know, before that song, Ric Flair Drip was something that required penicillin and a conversation. Ric Flair's uh, final match has been moved to a bigger venue. It's because they gave away free tickets to all of his ex-wives. Rick makes his ex-wives feel good about himself, themselves because his boobs are saggier than theirs, and they had children. Watching Ric Flair's chest bounce in the ring will give you more whiplash than watching a tennis match on Fast Forward. Ric Flair's boobs bounce faster than a meth addict on a trampoline in an earthquake. Ric Flair is so old, you could say, how old is he? Ric Flair's first match is chronicled in a cave painting. Ric Flair is so old, his first match was called over telegraph. His last match isn't about the money, which is code for it's about the money. But look, if I wanted to see an ancient old man bump around, I'd watch a Six Flags commercial. Sting, Shawn Michaels, Ricky Steamboat, Triple H, all people Ric Flair has worked with who didn't want to be a part of this. Rick, your final match is you, your son-in-law versus Double J and Black Machismo. What's wrong? Were the Mulkies busy? Mike Jackson had a state fair booked? You couldn't find the Ding Dongs costumes? Oh, Rick, everyone either hates you or they're dead. Or in the case of Arn Anderson, a little bit of both. Conrad's money could buy Ric Flair's daughter, but he couldn't buy more famous opponents. So Sunday, Rick is going to have his last wrestling match. He started in 1972, 50 years ago. Thousands of matches, or dozens if you're Brock Lesnar. Ric Flair has survived a plane crash, a coma, long-term heart failure, Eric Bischoff's WCW booking, being left in the desert, five divorces, chronic alcoholism, yet people think a fake fight is going to kill him. You know, Rick, the four fingers will always symbolize your four retirements. Even Terry Funk says, tone it down. But the truth is, Ric Flair, you are a legend who, at 73, amazingly enough, can still style and profile and walk that aisle. It's just that after walking the aisle, your scrotum arrives 10 minutes later. There you go. That is the roast of Ric Flair. And again, it's it's just for fun. I want to say that I have nothing but respect for Ric Flair, Conrad Thompson, Ricky Morton, and everybody involved in Ric Flair's last match. I, I, I wish you health and happiness. And, and in all seriousness, I've got nothing but respect for, for his accomplishments in the ring and on camera. Certainly, maybe, he's problematic off the ring. But, you know, Ric Flair is what he is. He's a product of his environment 
and 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 his and his generation. But you know, given you know, there's a lot of sad things that were involved with Ric Flair's last retirements. A lot of personal things that you know you can Google and look into that that I'm not going to talk about or mention. And because of those sad things, I think that he deserves one last match that that aren't tied to those family situations. So it's good that he gets to go out with his son-in-law. And it's good that he gets to go out with a close friend like Jeff Jarrett and somebody that he's worked with who can bump around for him like Jay Lethal. So I think from that standpoint, it'll be very good. And I think considering that there's no television, that they've done a great job putting together sort of a super indie with dream matches from a lot of different companies. And you also have like, you know, the Von Erichs legendary family going against the Briscoes who use the legendary Briscoe name. And like I said, there's a lot of different companies and things. And so I think that even though Ric Flair can be problematic, he deserves with all that he's done and given the sport, he deserves to go out and go out on his own terms. 45. Johnny turned on Matt. Um, then uh, he gave him a low blow and a moonlight drive. And then Drillisco uh, gave him a pedigree into double knees by Dragon Lee. And Dragon Lee pinned him to win it. And then after the match, uh, Matt gave Johnny a twist of fate, and that's how they pretty much ended it. So, um, um, you know, I, I love the show. I mean, I love sure like the show. I, you know, I mean, I, uh, I own it. Um, all right, I left all of that in so you could hear the death of my internet. But uh, anyway, Dave is back, and uh, you were saying you liked the show. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I was in, I was entertained by a lot of the show. Sadly, we watched WWE Money in the Bank, July second, twenty twenty-two. I didn't think it was all that bad. It's actually pretty good. Opened with the women's Money in the Bank match. This I, wasn't good. I no. skipped the entrances, so I'm trying to write down who's in this. I see Shotzi, I see Oscar, I see Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, Lacey Evans. And I'm trying to write this down. I swear to God, the match has just started all right this is how the show begins really oscar does a back kick camera cut she does a kick camera cut she does a back fist camera cut she starts to run camera cut she's still running camera cut she gets a hip attack camera cut she drops to her knees camera cut she throws a kick camera cut the kick connects camera cut she follows through the kick camera cut she stands up and screams camera cut to people brawling on the floor i was furious you understand i wanted to shut the show off and not watch anymore fuck this this is horseshit, Brian. This is how it began. I mean, listen. The bank. Listen. Listen. This I've been holding this for four hours. This production is horrible. Okay? And the funny thing is, I once a week, I get some message from somebody in WWE ridiculing AEW for their production. You know, because we get, like, video packages and personality profiles. But do they understand how fucking awful it is to watch these wrestling matches? As brought to my attention, when Cesaro did the swing, somebody actually said that was the first time I ever actually saw Cesaro <laughs> do the swing. Yes. Because in WWE, they cut the goddamn fucking camera so many times, I couldn't even... It's impossible to count! Yes. So yes, it is, it is 
atrocious, horrible, awful, terrible so in-ring production. I'm watching this match. Like I, I got my, 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 my notes in one window and the, the pay-per-view in the other window on my monitor. And I'm focusing on my notes watching the match at the corner of my eye. Because if I actually look at the screen, I get a headache and I get sick. So, uh, let's see. Raquel Rodriguez is in there, if I didn't mention that. I see Lacey got another new gimmick. Mm-hmm. She is now Patti Smith in the Warrior music video. Oh, yeah. Shooting down the walls of heartache. Bang, bang. Yeah. So, watching this. And Lacey's got her fingers in the brief. She is on top of the ladder. She's on top of the ladder. She's climbing up to touch the briefcase. Raquel Rodriguez climbs up the ladder through her legs underneath her. And Corey Scre- Graves screams, where did she come from? She's on top of a ladder in the middle of a wrestling ring in the middle of an arena of thousands of people. And you can't tell me where she's come from. That's because your show sucks. Stuck up. 43. So then we had Sami Zayn take on Rick Boogs. And before we get to the match... I would like to read a story, Brian. Now, I know it's uh, not always, you know, kosher to read something from another person's website or uh, another interview, especially someone. Uh, Dude, just from, read the goddamn thing. Between we got so much shit today. Sheets. But Rick Boogs said that while he was on the road, he was trying to put on weight, so he ate a bag of cat food. But. It was just too much for him to stomach in the end. Quote, I tried to make it work for a whole bag of cat food. I went to the store and I said, I'm not going to get the cheap stuff. If I'm going to eat cat food, I'm going to the highest quality. I kind of went undercover to the best pet food store and asked them, what's the best premium cat food? I make it seem like I really, really care about my cat. When in fact, I want the sweet potatoes. I want the salmon. I want the kale bits. I want all that stuff. So I lasted about the entire bag of cat food. I just had to work around it. Instead of eating it like snacks, I eventually tried to get creative and drizzled cheese and sour cream on it and tried to turn it into a frijoles dish. This dumb dish, shit. Like a Mexican cuisine to try and mask the flavor. How long did he need to eat cat food for? I think he ate a whole bag. No, but how long did he need to? What's what's the impetus? He was the trying story? to put on weight, and he and he's on the road with SmackDown. So he ate fucking... What the fuck? Why would you fucking eat cat food if you're trying to put on fucking weight? Oh, because cats are renowned for their great size? Why didn't he eat fucking dog food? Ah! What a dummy. You've got to be fucking yeah. kidding me. Another animal that's renowned for its great size. So you're dog, telling me this guy wanted to put on weight. Why, why did he eat horse food? Bro. You know how many Twinkies this motherfucker could have gotten for three bucks? And instead, I know how much expensive cat food costs. He probably spent 40, 50 bucks for that fucking bag of cat food to try to gain weight. He was on the road. What do you want me to tell you? Boogs is the man. Boogs is a fucking dummy. God bless (laughs) the guy. He's going to fucking wake up with whiskers. So Bessie's going to get him all that fucking cat food. Hey, Brian. You know... I'm curious like a cat. That's that's why my friends call me Whiskers. Fuck. Hey. There's no way this guy's that if you, dumb. If you could eat a bag of cat food, would you do it? Bro, you know that I you could, would. he could have gone to the, the, the Rite Aid next door and got fucking... They, I saw a, a, a weight gainer there yesterday. <laughs> they actually still make fucking weight gainers. Which is in a bag much like cat food, but it will actually help you gain weight. Fucking cat food. 
You should be his At least it came out of it agile. 42. Adam Mahan, I believe this question is best suited for Craig. Favorite quote from The Simpsons? Oh, my gosh. Um, can I do an impression? Sure. Okay, so uh, Bart was doing some road cleanup, and he noticed Krusty was there. And Krusty and him had a conversation, and Bart, Bart said, Hey, Krusty, what are you doing here? And Krusty says, uh, It's all part of my glug, glug, vroom, vroom, thunk, thunk. That was a very good impression, Craig. Thank you. <laughs> as long as we're doing impressions, the only Simpsons line I ever use is, No! Oh! I never watch him. Brian, can you name E. Simpson? Yeah, there's Homer. Okay. Mm -hmm. You think I'm a total idiot? Yes. 41. Main event time. That's right. All right, we're going to wrap it up, everybody. Thanks, Lance, as always. What? What? Oh, God damn. I we got the Hogan I promo, thought you were brother. talking about, like, SmackDown or something. No. Damn right. Guess what Lance has got planned for you guys? I hope you didn't log off yet. Oh, if you did, you're missing out. You better stick around, all you top tiers. The dramatic reading of the Hulk Hogan Brutus Beefcake promo. Explain what happened. <laughs> yeah, to, to set this up, again, this is the go-home promo for WrestleMania 9, the co-main event of WrestleMania 9, where, again, in real life, Brutus Beefcake had his face shattered, torn off, almost died, got his face put back together, made a comeback, and to get heat to build to this WrestleMania co-main event, the uh, villains of Money, Inc. smashed his face with a steel attache case, not a briefcase, an attache case. You know Vince was the one that picked that word. Of course. To potentially kill this poor man, and then this is the promo on the march to WrestleMania, the go-home to sell you on this co-main event of WrestleMania, World Tag Team title match, and revenge for attempted murder on his best friend. Should I play Gene as well? You can. I'm just playing Hogan. If you want to play Gene and Brutus, that works out fine. Right. And again, I'm not doing a Hogan impression, although there's possibility... No. This, this is going to be a, a dramatic reading. Serious dramatic reading. Yes, including the parts by Mean Gene Okerlund. Are you ready, everybody? Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, one week away in Las Vegas, Nevada, my guests this week have every intention of being in the new World Wrestling Federation. Brutus Beefcake, please welcome the Mega Maniacs with Jimmy Hart, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and Hulk Hogan. All right, gentlemen, there's going to be a showdown in the desert. We're a week away from Las Vegas and Caesar's Palace and, of course, the Colosseum of Ancient Rome. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, you, Hulk Hogan, you are going to be shooting at Money Incorporated and the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championships. Well, you know something, Mean Gene? Now more than ever, with just one week away, I'm aware of how destiny is going to take its course, brother. Because just a few short weeks ago, bro, when I was laying in the weeds at Venice Beach, California, and I had Monday Night Raw tuned in for the greatest comeback of all times, I saw what could have been the worst nightmare 
in my life take place. I saw Money Incorporated run across the ring with a metal attache case with the speed of a lightning bolt. And as it crashed into Brutus, the bionic barber beefcake, blood brother's face, I saw what I didn't want to see. I heard what I didn't want to hear. And as I turned my face and I turned my back, the emotions ran from head to toe. I chilled. I goosebumped. And I broke a sweat as I stood up, man. And I rushed from head to toe. And when I turned on the automatic pilot in my mind, because I couldn't believe what was happening, I ran to the garage. And when I was out of my mind, I accidentally jumped on Brutus's wide glides. And as I kick-started up brother's bike, bro, and as I ran down towards Venice Beach, I clicked it into fifth gear. And as I took a hairpin turn, I spun off the seat. And as I slid across the white sands headed towards the Pacific Ocean, I buried my ear in the sands of Venice Beach. And then I heard it brother i heard what i didn't want to hear i heard millions upon millions of hulkamaniacs praying for brutus the barber i heard the maniacs praying that the steel tempered titanium plates were still in place and then on automatic pilot i kick-started the brothers wide glide one more time and for seven nights and seven days I rode towards the bright lights of New York City. And as I got there, I was sniffing for the hair tonic. I was sniffing for the butch wax. And lo and behold, as I kicked down the door of the Ramada Indoor at 48th and 8th Avenue, just a bit north of the Mid-City Gym, I found the brother, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, with his feet propped up on an ottoman, laid back in a lazy boy, watching Moe, Larry, and Curly with an ice pack on his nose. Thank God for the man upstairs that Brutus the barber is okay, and all he had was a broken nose. Thank God, Brutus. Mean Gene, it goes like this. I spent two days running up and down the aisles of Kmart, picking up that tonic, getting all that hair color together, and getting ready to do a number on Money Incorporated. And then it came to me. They just aren't even worth it, brother. They're not worth the effort. So I took to the desert outside Las Vegas, chopping down some big nasty-looking cactuses, trying to dull up the titanium steel blades, chopped down a couple of small mountains, and then it came to me, brother. I knew that I'd just throw the scissors away because I'm just going to yank the hair right out of their heads. You know something, Brutus? I hope you put a Baldo Ronaldo on both those dudes. But you know something? Since everything's going to go so good in Las Vegas, man, I got a surprise for both you guys. Just last week, when you saw me hanging off Santa Monica Pier, doing some fishing with my bare hands, brother, those two 10-foot hammerhead sharks that I drug up out of the Pacific Ocean, they weren't for snack time, dudes. Those fish were for a reason. I've already taken the chlorine out of the pool at Caesar's Palace, and I've filled it with salt water, brother. I got a bunch of sea urchins in there and a few nasty mermaids, brother, 
And as I throw those hammerheads into the pool, Brutus, I need you to help pry the jaws open, brother. Because I put the world title belts across their dentures, those sharks are going to have lockjaw, brother. That way, when we throw all the bathing beauties, all the Hulkamaniacs in the pool, those sharks won't be able to touch a hair on their chinny-chin-chin. And as me and Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Jimmy Hart hang ten all through the straddle of the night, brother, celebrating our victory of Caesar's, at Caesar's Palace, the only thing left for the detail man to do will be this. That's take the two cases of suntan oil I've got, and as the sun rises in the east, get all those female Hulkamaniacs, all those beautiful Hulkamaniacs, and make sure, Brutus, that they've got an even tan from head to toe. So Las Vegas, Nevada, and the whole wide world, what are you going to do when the mega maniacs run wild on you? What are you going to do? The Hulkster, Hulk Hogan, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, the Mega Maniacs, perhaps the next tag team champions of the World Wrestling Federation. The Hulkster has never looked better live and in mint condition. The fuck was that guy talking about? <laughs> None of that had Holy anything shit. to do with anything. Golly. Bro, that's Much- exactly what they said on the. If you haven't watched that special yet, what the fuck are you waiting for? That's the march to WrestleMania. It's on the cock. On the, the peacock. Co-main event. Yeah, go watch it. Fighting. Hey, what do you think about that? That's my uh that's my raw siren. It's the best I could come up with there. Hey, it's the Brian Vinny Show, everybody. It is. That's right, March 8th, 2022. Figure 4, online.com, slash wrestlingobserver.com. Brian Alvarez, Vince Verhey, Craig Proper Jr., Granny here. And we are uncooked. Uncut. And uncensored. Hey, we fucking got it right on the first try without even practicing. That's right. Holy smokes. Granny, what's going on? It's still pretty loud here. Yeah, well, I was screaming. Hopefully it's uh, a little bit better now. <laughs> there was a siren going off. Yeah, there's a That's siren going normal. crazy. This is our, our Ode to Rob Bartlett edition of the Brian and Vinny Show, because we have been reviewing all of the Raw shows. We began with Raw 1, which we actually reviewed uh, twice in the history of this show. We reviewed it several years ago, and then we uh, we reviewed it again uh, a few months ago. And uh, suffice to say, when we reviewed Raw 1 the first time and the second time, not big fans of Rob Bartlett. Right? Uh, as I recall, we were kind of harsh on him. Yeah. I was very harsh on him. You were, you were actually, I think, much harsher than I was. I was probably a dick, if we're being honest. Sure. I was a real dick. Uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is, we, uh, you know, we kept watching. We didn't give up. And uh, I think for me, I turned the corner on Rob Bartlett. The day that Doink was appearing on the program. This actually, uh, how many Raws have there been? Like 1,500? This remains one of my favorite moments in the history of Raw. <laughs> Doink shows up on the screen, and uh, he's a clown, of course. And uh, Rob Bartlett, it with absolute, utter sincerity, says, It's Dork! And he said it with such sincerity that the booker of wor- the World Wrestling Federation, the owner of the company, responded with, Yes, Dork! And there was a brief pause, and then Vince realized, 
that the fucking clown's name was not Dork. It was Doink. I cried with laughter at the Dork Doink incident on Raw. And then Vinny turned the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really did. It was what, like Raw 5 or something like that? Uh, 5 or 6 when yes. he uh, Vince is unavailable. And so Rob goes incognito yes. as Vince McMahon doing a Vince McMahon impression <laughs> yes. for 60 straight minutes. Yes. Driving the only force. In the careers of Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan that united them. That got them on the same page. They were teaming up to conspire to make sure he That's never called right. another match. That's right. That's awesome. Uh, fantastic. Yes, Granny. Uh, uh, this Bob Bartlett, is that a wrestler? Uh, uh, Rob Bartlett, Granny. Rob? Huh? Rob Bartlett. Is that- I thought that was your homework, Granny. Yeah, you were supposed to watch it. You were supposed to, you were supposed to tell us this week. We we gave you the task of of. Uh, I of, know, but I must have looked up the wrong one. No, because Rob Bartlett's not a wrestler. You you, I'm I'm pretty oh, sure okay. you looked up the that's right one. I, that's what I asked you. If he okay. was a wrestler, no, he was not a wrestler. He oh, very okay. briefly, Granny, for about three months there in the early '90s, was the announcer on pro wrestling yes, TV shows. He was a Raw announcer, but he was not a wrestler. Mm-mm. Although at times he did take a beating. I think twice. True. Yeah. Once or twice. Well, that's interesting, Granny. I can't wait to hear what you've discovered about Rob Bartlett. So what we're doing here as part of the ode to Rob Bartlett here on the uh, Granny segment is uh, we're having a contest. And so on Granny's Facebook, uh, fans were tasked with writing a short poem, an ode to Rob Bartlett, poetry. And at the same time, I tasked our uh, very creative fans with uh, uh, songs. A uh, 30 second or less MP3, a musical ode to Rob Bartlett. So that's what we're going to do during this segment, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with whatever Granny's got this week and, and whatever, whatever report she has written in her uh, investigations into Rob Bartlett. Does that sound good? That works for me. Right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Vinny. So Vinny's going to start with uh, Facebook here because I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, Search for these songs. I'm going to find these songs, yes. So go ahead, Vinny. Read read a couple of poems here. As Granny writes, Ode to Rob Bartlett, and then in brackets, not parentheses, poetry contest. I got a few. Ryan Mosley. How long is this? It's a little on the long side. Let me see if we can come back to that one. Well, I got to find these songs, so I'll I'll let him slide for this one. All right, Ryan Mosley. Long before WWE's commentary team was Michael Cold. Cold, because he put Michael Cole in there. The product was hot. The announcers were pure gold. A savage, a madman, and before there was a brain, there was a hero named Rob who had quite a short reign. Wow. From Zuma to Coleman, his jokes had fallen flat. Thirteen weeks is all we had to enjoy him behind the mat. (laughs) Horrible. We're off to a horrible start. Who was that? Um, there's more. Ryan Mosley. No, that's enough. All right. Ryan it's, Mosley. It's supposed to be like four to six lines, right? I told you it was long. Okay. Like well, one more thing. I found the I found the song, All so right. we can we can move on to that. All right. All right. Uh, this is from uh, Adam here. Adam's ode to Rob Bartlett. Here we go. Rob Bartlett is the man. He tried the best he can. Thirteen weeks was not the plan, but fourteen was too much for McMahon. Yo, everybody disliked his standout style, but he had great impressions that made you smile. His Vinnie Mac voice was a solid five stars, but Gorilla and Savage wanted to hit him with the car. That's right. Who's beating that guy? That was outstanding. Holy smokes. Who is that now? 
That was, uh, I believe, uh, Adam. Adam. That'll be easy to remember. For this week, especially. The first song by the first man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is it that Adam? Adam. That would be news. It would actually be news if it was the uh, the first man, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. This is from Ryan. Ryan here. His ode to Rob Bartlett. Didn't work. Yeah, he sent... You know what he did? He actually wrote here in MP4 form. Oh. Didn't I say MP3? I'm sure you did. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Ryan, but you uh, you screwed that up, brother. All right, so... Oh, he's, he sent me another link, so I guess you realize he made a big mistake. All right, here we go. And now he's got no audio. Anything else? Yeah, this is a... <laughs> I'm actually very upset that I can't get the audio to this thing. What the heck's going on here? Let's try one more. Okay. Let's... All right, here we go. Vince on the new woo! What Rob Biden's gonna do to you? He'd be running to his remote as fast as two feet could carry him. His program sucked with him. If Vince on the new woo! So uh, I couldn't put that video on the screen here, but uh, for those of you wondering. He's wearing uh, sh- uh, basketball shorts, no shirt, hairy chest, <laughs> Excellent. and uh, it appears to be a jacket over it. So, uh, so is, is it Joel Gertner? Uh, be thankful you didn't see the, yeah. the video. It's not Joel Gertner. <sighs> well, as a, a fan of garbage, <laughs> that was some high-level garbage, and I enjoyed it. All right. Uh, this one here is from Emilio, and then we'll do a couple of the poems and go back to the songs, all right? Emilio yeah. here. What? Wow. In an odd that fashion. Was nice and clear. Man, that was awesome. <laughs> Why do we have clear? Remember the old days of the show where we do song contests and they were horrible? <laughs> do you need to play that second one again? <laughs> well, I didn't count. That wasn't really a song, but uh, that was Emilio. I'm very impressed by that one. Would you say that that was better or worse than Adams? Adams is still the best. You think Adams is the best still? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, let's do a couple of the poems, Vinny. All right, uh, I'm looking through these and trying to find the, like, the good ones, and I don't think there are any, so I'll just go in order. Okay. Aaron Hatovi. When I read the name Rob Bartlett, I did have a brief brain fartlet. <laughs> Come on. For I was sure they said Rob Feinstein. LOL, I'll pretend you said 18. Vinny, you oh. read that on the air? I told you this. They're all like that, Brian. There's no good ones, No, dude. I promise there's not another one like that. Read another one, Vinny, I'm going back to the songs. Chris Lowe, Mr. Rob Bartlett, we hardly knew ye, but please don't come back. We have Pat McAfee. I disagree. Hey, uh, Granny, can you back away from that mic just a little bit? Because uh, your headphones are blasting into that microphone. Let's do a song. This is from uh, Wes. Wes the Fitting has sent this song in. An ode to Rob Bartlett. 
Bartlett Y'all really hated when he started But that Vince impression will have us missing when he's absent Kept us laughing, can only have high hopes That Raw 13 sees him going out on a high note it's 29 years later, and Vince still loses all the fun commentators. Do not give this company a single ounce of leeway. Give me Vinny V, Happy Corbin, and Bartlett in a three-way. Oh. Winner what? gets the Vegas image. There you go. That's from uh, West of the Fitting right there. Another, another fine tune. All right, Vinny, let's hear one of these poems. Joe Del Buso, a top fan. Bartlett's come... And Barlet's go, but Raw will be garbage forever. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, I told you. My goodness. Back away from that mic just a little bit there, Granny, while we're, while we're reading these poetry, or these poems. Read another one, Vinny. How come, like, all the songs are putting over Rob, but all of the poems are burying him? I don't know. All right, read another one. S. Doyle Granger. Rob told some jokes, but came off as no seducer. His stint was short. He couldn't coax a job as a producer. I think we need to go back to the songs. Songs are definitely Just me. the high note here. All right. Uh, Dagan here. Brian, Vinny, uh, Craig, Granny, top tier Twitch homies. This one's for you. Uh, he says, uh, goodbye, Rob Bartlett. Goodbye, Rob Bartlett. We're never gonna miss you on Raw. You're insensitive, comes on your computer. Blessed your downfall. Goodbye, Rob Bartlett. You never were well received. Your horrible Elvis Presley impression. Visual like a key. Oh, man. Pretty good. Not bad. Not as good as Adam, though. I think the Dagan need a little bit of that auto tune that uh, that other one guy had. Right? Yeah, a little. A little bit, yeah. Do you know, Granny, that uh, on the Raw show, Rob Bartlett once dressed up as your favorite act of all time, Elvis. Did you know that? Uh, no. Yeah, he once dressed up as Elvis. You should have watched that show with us. All right, Vinny, let's try another one. Alistair, Alistair Hamilton. All of the women scream, Rob! Many an egg was ovulated. Brian looks on confused and says... This sure is discombobulated. <laughs> hey, at least it rhymed. It rhymed. He rhymed. He rhymed ovulated with discombobulated. Yeah, it rhymed. I appreciate that, actually. That's probably the best poem so far. All right, Liam here has got a song. Here we go. Here comes the commentator, Rob Bartlett. He's a great imitator of Vince McMahon. Excuses bad behavior to much of man. And now it's time Raw is in the can. That's pretty impressive, dude. I appreciate the effort. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. What do you think of these so far, Granny? That one was good. All right. All right. All right. All right. Another uh, poem, Vinny. John Pincus. Though we wanted Hot Rod, we got this Rob, some radio geek who took an announcing job. But tonight we salute him and exclaim, hurrah, for Rob never had to watch even a two-hour Raw. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He got it a lot better than the rest of us did. Watching this three-hour show every week. All right, let's go to Brandon here. 
There's Vincent Man and Macho Man The way I see another man His name is Rob Bartlett To whom we bid farewell Hey! Hurrah! Hurrah! The great Monday night hurrah And suddenly as he appears Soon he will be gone Hurrah! Hurrah! Our hearts can only tell The ode to Rob Bartlett To whom we bid farewell Hey! That was really that was good! Tremendous. Wow! Kind of a whiskey Who in the jar vibe. I like that one. I think I, I think I'm voting for Brandon. Yeah, definitely. All right, you're still on Adam Vinny. No, I, I, I like Brandon a lot. Oh too, man. man, Brandon's in the lead. Brandon is in the lead, and I don't know how many we have left. Now, let's do this one by Grayson. Let's keep up with his songs because those they're uh, doing better. Yeah, those poems aren't really no. doing it for me. 1993, right. watching Raw in USA. Hear what the announcers say. With Aldous McMahon and the Macho Man, some comedian. Not quite a bohemian, sometimes a chameleon, playing Elvis Presley to amuse us. Now I understand that you were set up to fail, and you might have gotten some hate mail. You had the sharpness of a snail. It was uncut, uncooked, and uncensored. Most matches were a turd. (laughs) Okay. So I'm thinking we need to go back to those poems again. <laughs> hang on, hang it's on. just me. I can't, I can't tell you. I can't judge the output, but the idea behind that was genius. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we've mentioned if I've mentioned this recently, but uh, <laughs> the song he he took the he wrote his own words, but the music is an old song by Don McLean called Vincent. Oh. And it's one of my favorites. Wow, really? How so he that? may have been blatantly sucking up to me. Mm, well, I, but think I, I think it's when you can't win with one vote out of three. I guess not. I, I think no. the, the, the one right before that probably was still better. All right. Well, let's but get... I applaud. The, 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 the idea, the theory, the theory was perfect. The execution was lacking. You know, this next guy is, uh, I don't know if I should say, uh, how about this? I won't say his first name, but his last name is Lugosi. All right. Yeah, I believe he's the... Uh, Son of Dracula. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Raw episodes, you're still alive. Eleven, twelve, thirteen. That's your last episode of Raw. Sweet dreams, Rob Bartlett. Goodbye, Rob Bartlett. Goodbye, Rob Bartlett. Goodbye. Lugosi are just sucked the life out of me, so to speak. <laughs> All right, back to the poems. Holy smokes, read a poem. Michael Bernstein. Why was he even on Raw? Perhaps it was luck of the draw. One way or another, you best believe, brother, he did the best Vince you ever saw. That's true. That's the best poem so far, for sure. Yeah. All right, that's all the songs, by the way. Oh, so uh, on a high note, that would, did you say that was all the poems too? That's the best poems. So oh, that's far. the best poem. That's okay, more we, if you we want. Don't, no, we don't need to do any more. All right, they were terrible. Yeah, but the songs were excellent. We have one more. Oh, you ready for one more, everybody? It's anticlimactic, but yeah. Well, yeah, I just realized I had one more, and uh, according to this thing right here, it is a Shakespearean sonnet. Oh goodness, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Tis a curious thing, this dude called Rob. There's no words to describe his cluelessness. A chubby, bloated, imbecilic slob whose time on Raw was simply just a mess. More disturbing than Heenan dressed in drag, Pettengill didn't suck as much as him. To the fans, Bartlett's just a punching bag, and yet he's never been inside a gym. 
awful from the very first episode. His comments were dumb and plain judgmental. Whose idea was it to hire this fat chode? Wow, that's one big-butted <laughs> Oriental. Been no one worse than Bartlett ever since. But he really did a hell of a Vince. Holy smokes. That was, that was a sonnet. That was a sonnet, all right. That makes it art. Excuse me, is this Rob Bartlett? <clears throat> Guilty as ch- Hey! Oh, look who's here on the show, everybody! There's a star here. Rob, hey, Rob Bartlett is joining us here today. How you doing, Rob? I'm good, man. I can't see you guys. I can only see myself, which oh. is not really a well, pleasant thing. We all look just like you. <laughs> Actually, we all do, yes. Just just imagine yourself times uh, times four. Oh, oh. I, I would really like to see that. But I, I, I don't know what to say about this outpouring of of disgust and love simultaneously <laughs> between the music and the poems. I mean, I mean, to actually be proposed to in song was a beautiful thing. <laughs> it, it is it is uh, quite incredible that we did uh, we did a song contest and a poetry contest, and I believe every poem was negative and every yep. song was positive. Including mine, by the way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Must be something to be said for these creative people. But thank you, Emilio. I mean, uh, I you've warmed the cockles of my heart. I have warm cockles now, and um, lucky fella, I'm uh, I'm I'm moist. I'll just say that oh, yeah. I'm, I'm moist. I need a pants mint at this point. <laughs> That's how excited I am. As far as like you know, Vince on commentary and you you three your your Vince impression that week he was gone is is. Vinny's favorite and uh, <laughs> best thing I ever saw. Yeah, what do you what do you remember from that day? That that was one of the things that just kind of came to me. I mean, he would, I had heard I guess the, the previous week that he wasn't going to be there, and I got this stupid idea, which actually was a better idea than than showing up as Elvis and everyone thinking I was trying to do Honky Tonk Man. Um, <laughs> was uh, I said let me let me try and do him. So I went to the the, the makeup person. Uh, I think her name is Sharon. I said, do you think you can you know make me look like Vince? Uh, so I'll get a tux and I'll, I'll get some shoulder pads and, you know, I'll, I'll, can you do the hair and can you give me the big Vince lips? And and she did. And uh, I, st- I stood there with holding the microphone with the one hand behind my back. And I couldn't really do much of an impression of him other than the, the tone of the voice, you know. So the entire hour, much to the consternation of, of Bobby and, and Gorilla, was... <laughs> He still got it. He still got it. And it was uh, it was just a lot a lot of fun. And when it was over, the crew went nuts because nobody had ever tried, I guess, or attempted or had the balls to to make fun of the boss. And um, the following week, I show up to the Manhattan Center, and they, it was like one of the ante rooms where the like the green room where they would have the the buffet, you know, the the craft service of the the grilled chicken and steamed vegetables and. You know, a big bowl full of Ico Pro bars. And, oh. um, <laughs> um, I think uh, Undertaker was squatting in a corner of the room the way he did every single time he was he was on the show, staring straight ahead for at least an hour before air. Just like, I don't know if he was meditating or what, but it was really, really scary. Not as scary as Bam Bam Bigelow, who'd be in the other corner, like chewing on car batteries. Um, but all of a sudden, the whole crew comes in and everyone's like, kind of looking around they're all kind of like not looking at me and i'm wondering something's going on you know 
and uh, everybody's kind of talking, whatever, and there's a little tension, and Vince comes into the room, and you could hear a pin drop. And he turns, and he goes, Bartlett, you're fired! <laughs> and everybody laughed. It was like a lot, a lot of fun. Um, uh, the following week, I show up to do the show, and there's nobody there. Oh, no. They had, I guess, I don't know if they they had, they must have been up at the, I don't remember because it was so long ago, but they must have gone up to the Mid-Hudson Civic Center mm-hmm. uh, without telling me, but there was a guy with a camera, and I think there's this, a shot, if I'm remembering it correctly, a shot of me in the, in the empty house <laughs> with the microphone, and it was his way of getting back at me. Um, so so how did the the end of the how did the end of the run come about how did raw 13 come about when did you know that this was going to be it for rob bartlett on this show after the um luna vachon sensational sherry when i got my clothes ripped off incident happened and i thought i was i had really like broken through a ceiling at that point because all of a sudden the fans were like all excited um you know they're all lined up all of a sudden they wanted my autograph i said wow i got something going now i got something great and uh vince was not not all that pleased with how it all went down and and um i i don't know if he thought i did too much or or didn't do enough or whatever it was but i think it was just apparent to everybody that it was just not going to work you know, um, and so I think it was after after 13, I uh, I, I called the, the, that Tuesday morning. I called Kevin Dunn. I said, I said, look, man, I said, this has been great. I love you guys, but I really don't think this is working. And, you know, I was most concerned about my son, who, by the way, is who turned me on to you guys. Um, we got to put him over. Yeah. Oh, Bartlett yeah. Junior. I, yeah, uh, Sean. Sean, I was concerned about how Sean was going to feel, you know, because he had gotten to meet all the guys, and you know, it was like a big deal. He got to hold the belt and Madison Square Garden, and you know, that, that was another moment that, uh, that they never taped it. I don't think, which it's another story which we can get into if we have time. But I said to I said Sean, I said, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to be doing raw anymore. Do you mind? And uh, eight years old, he says, you know, Dad. It really wasn't a great fit. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Even he knew. So it was clear. Well, listen, Rob, I want to thank you for doing the show. And I really appreciate you coming on here and and being a good sport. And I know you've probably heard some of these reviews before. Your poor son has heard our review of Raw 1 twice now. This poor kid. Uh, he's probably my age, actually, but uh, he's, well, he's almost forty. So, oh, know. he's just a um, youngster. Yeah, he was he was eight when I was doing Raw. So, uh, but he's still he's a huge wrestling fan, and he's a huge fan of you guys. So, he's the one who told me. He said, "You know, they're doing every episode of Raw." That's um, right. He's he's responsible uh, for all of this here, everybody. So, if you if you said, appreciate this show. But one of the guys has turned the corner on you. I said, oh, okay. Actually, we both did eventually. <laughs> eventually, we all did. Yeah, yes. eventually, we you all did. did. It, it, wow. uh, and it's kind of sad because, like, at the beginning, you know, if you were going to be fired, it should have been, like, after the first one. But then, like, well, after a true. while, you were you were actually adding, like, the Vince McMahon episode is, is you know, it, it'll never get old. Favorite. And then, you know, getting there and getting beat up by Luna and Sherry. And it, it seriously did feel like right when you were kind of getting into a groove, that's when they fired you. 
Yeah, it was just what can you, know, you do? It just, it just kept missing. You know, it was like one of those things where it just kind of never really gelled. It's like when I showed up as Elvis, I probably should have told him I was going to be showing up as Elvis. <laughs> that was the night that they had um, Dork hit me in the face with the pie. Um, so you know, five minutes into my Elvis, for the rest of the show, I had fucking whipped cream on my face so no one could tell who I was. It just, you know. Well, we all, yeah, we all dressed up as you tonight, and Vinny was uh, thinking about uh, dressing up as you with the pie. Yes. Yeah. You know, you but I didn't want to mess picture. the studio up. I wish I could see you guys. You got to take a picture. I want to. Well, see what I'm going to do is I'll I'll talk to my producer and I'll get a link for the entire show and I'll send you the whole thing. Uh, that'd can, be awesome. Yeah, you can. Uh, watch I, I will it. treasure it because this was. I got to say, this is quite a tribute. I, I don't think I've ever been so humbled by uh, that that this outpouring of. Love and disdain simultaneously. Yeah, I'll make sure you get a list of all those poems too, Rob. I'll make oh, sure I absolutely. send those over tomorrow. Oh, definitely. I'm going to print those out, and make a book, like yes. a little keepsake. I'll be scrapbooking yes. tomorrow with the, you know, especially the uh, <laughs> the song that marriage was proposed by yeah. Amelia. Was I will send you the I will send you the uh, the songs. You can you can treasure those. Hey, Granny, you still there? I'm here. <laughs> Poor Granny. Hey, Granny, you don't sound too happy. Yeah, Granny's been sitting here the whole time wondering what's going on. No, that's just fine because I think I had the wrong. <laughs> I think I had the wrong guy. Well, what, what did you learn about the the Rob Bartlett that you you uh, you checked out? What what facts did you? Uh... Well, he was an explorer way back when. That's not him. <laughs> well, I don't know. I tell I me mean, what. It's really. No, I believe really you. What did he, because what did he explore? Tell me more. Wait a minute. First time I looked, I I thought it was a Bob Bartlett. So I looked it up, and it said he was born in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> and then I found this other one. I don't know. It had his picture and everything. And hmm. he was an explorer from wow. Newfoundland. <laughs> an explorer from on, Newfoundland. Wow. Bob and, and, he was and what did he discover? Yeah, I wondered. I wondered why you guys uh, picked him. <laughs> that would be He's strange. <laughs> they still wonder why they picked did. Me. Did you? Uh, when was this guy born? Did you get like his birth date or anything like that? What year he was born in? Yeah, he was. He was born August fifteenth, eighteen seventy five. And uh, died and you, April 28, nineteen forty six. He died in. Okay, but you thought he might be on the show this week. Well, I couldn't figure out why you guys picked him because he was a explorer. He was with Perry. They were going to go to the North Pole. Yeah, really. And they got within. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just troubling to me that you know Granny Google's my name and, and the only one who pops up is this fucking explorer. <laughs> yeah, who went to the I North know, Pole? It, he's the only one that came up oh. besides the other Bob. I suppose it's possible you spelled it wrong. Is that is that possible, Granny? Oh. No, she said nope. she, she does. She searched for Bob Bartlett. Bob, I right. see, I see. Ah, that's what it was, yeah. Robert Bartlett. Rob, yeah, Rob Bartlett. <laughs> if you search Rob, it's it's okay. this kind gentleman Sorry we're talking to right now. Sorry about that, but well, that's my that it's actually, it's, it's my stage name. My, my real name is Biff Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. You ever wander the streets okay. uh, exploring anything, uh, Rob? Uh, yeah. Okay. Here and there, you know, Craig. Don't worry about it. There's a time. Some adult establishments. So the announcers run down the card, and our friend, Rob Bartlett, is supposed to interview Bret Hart, but he basically refuses 
terrified that Brett will beat him up like the women did last week. God, I don't blame you. That's fair. Although, to be fair, if Bret Hart would have beaten you up, you wouldn't have felt a thing. That's true. Yeah, it would have been a day off compared to uh, <laughs> Luna and Sherry. Yeah, Bre- <laughs> Brett's breasts aren't as heavy as Sherry's. It's probably true. It's also oh, true. They, they, they were. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Giant Gonzalez versus L.A. Gore. So I like Giant jogging down to the ring. He's a spry giant. Well. And then he gets to the ring to rest L.A. Gore. You know what the amazing thing about this bodysuit, this airbrushed, muscled bodysuit? He still needs a tan. <laughs> yeah. He's a pale <laughs> yeti. By the way, was this taped before WrestleMania? Because he went back to the 70s shag. I presume uh, this was suit. I presume this was taped before WrestleMania. Actually, Rob <laughs> okay. might know. Was this was this pre-taped before WrestleMania? I think so. Okay. Um all I know is that I was not invited to WrestleMania. I don't know why. Um <clears throat> but uh, his interesting uh, piece of trivia, LA Gore um, when he wrestled that night, he uh, he came to me backstage. He says, I don't know if you remember me. Uh, and he introduced himself. He was a bouncer at a comedy club I used to work at. Oh, yeah. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Wow. How about I didn't that? name him, though. You know, I remember after uh, after WrestleMania, they did that uh, they did that storyline where, like, you were stuck in Vegas. You yes. were, like, you were trapped there and you couldn't get back. And I actually, because yeah. I, I, I didn't know until uh, last week, actually, that uh, this was your, Raw 13 was your final Raw. So mm-hmm. as I was watching that one, I was like, maybe this is how they write off Rob Bartlett. Like, he went to Vegas and never came back. Like, he just got, you know, sucked into the vortex of Vegas or something like that. But then you I eventually think- did come back. But the, the point is, when you were talking about being lost in Vegas, that's when it occurred to me, well, he wasn't even at WrestleMania. <laughs> What's he doing in Vegas if he wasn't at the show? I thought for sure they'd want to put you in a toga. I, I was. It seemed like a natural to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, L.A. Gore was a former bouncer, and he bounced here when the giant choke slammed him and pinned him. <laughs> yeah, not much to it. Yeah. Nope. We got a Luna promo on Sherry. I never realized at the time how much Luna was like a. I guess this came after, but she was down that same promo path as the Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Just spout out a bunch of nonsense, do a really wacky Gibberish. Voice, gibberish. I walked out a goddess. You had to put your nose in my business. The pain, the anguish, you're mine. Let's see. Last week I tore your flesh, your clothes, your soul. From this day forth, I will hunt your very breath. Very soon I will wipe you from this earth. I will be the goddess of the squared circle. Ah, Excuse me. Was that a Shakespearean sonnet? (laughs) I had to go back and check. I wanted to offer her a lozenge when she was (laughs) done. Craig. No, she has her throat. No, her throat. A lozenge. Oh, Oh my God, Brian. What do you think he said? I thought he said a sausage. (laughs) (laughs) Lozenge. I got it. A breath mint might have been more appropriate. Thank you. Thank Jeez. you. And they advertise for next week. What a mean event this is going to be. Crush versus Narcissist. I forgot about Crush. For the rest of what? your days, we're going to hear <laughs> Narcissist. What, what do you have to say about Crush there, Rob? 
I I forgot completely about him. I, I just yeah, most he was one did. of the guys that kind of slipped through the cracks in my memory. Um, okay. I remember, he was the Hawaiian guy, right? A yes. giant Hawaiian, yes, yes, yeah. Sure. Mahalo, Randy. I remember him saying that. <laughs> did say that a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he said ma- Mahalo a lot, and he never addressed me. He would only address Randy and Vince. Oh, oh. I didn't exist. Oh. He big yeah, times you. Fine. God, can you imagine big timing Rob Bartlett? Especially hey, you when you're what? crush. Well, he's sorry now. Yeah. Well. He's Somewhere. sorry now. Well, didn't they name the turtle from Finding Nemo after him? I think that actually God damn, well, it was right. Crush the Turtle. Yeah. Right. I, don't know if it was, uh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. The stoner turtle? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The stoner oh, okay. turtle. <clears throat> okay. My daughter's watched that movie a thousand times. I've never seen it once. The turtle is a stoner? Yeah, man. He's basically a surfer dude. He's kind of like I a Spicoli. See. A weed know. smoking turtle? Yeah, like, seaweed of, smoking yeah. turtle. Yeah. I need to and it, watch you know, show. joints are really hard to light underwater, so you got to give them credit. <laughs> that is true. That's a, that's a dedicated stoner. Yes, yes. very dedicated. Thank God for edibles. <laughs> <laughs> the fish flavored edibles, right? Is that the end of the show, Vinny? Was that it? That's the end of the that's show. It. Oh God, I watched it Jeez. two weeks ago. I totally forgot everything about it except that money ink match. And it ends with not a bang, but a whimper. It really was, Rob. I can't believe. So, so like, did you know this was your last show, or was it after this show that we were like, ah, I'm not coming back next week? I had kind of entertained the idea prior to the show that this might be my last, and I was kind of debating whether or not I should do something. Oh, man. Really outrageous, but I, mm-hmm. I kind of chickened out. And in retrospect... It probably was the right thing to do, but I, I still wish I had done something. Well, crazy. I mean, quite frankly, they haven't called you, dude. So if you would have done something uh, like uh, outlandish, it's possible you'd be in their Hall of Fame right now. You know, that that would be no greater honor. You know, I've I've won a Drama Desk Award, but being in the in the, in the Wrestling Hall of Fame would just supersede everything. You know, I got two Emmys, but no Wrestling Hall of Fame, man, that would be. What more could a boy want? Dude, there ain't to much. be in the wrestling hall of fame. Well, you Brian, know, you know a guy. I, hey, I, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know about that, but you know what I can tell you, Rob. What? I can tell you as we uh, prepare to wrap up today that we here at this website mm-hmm. have what I like to call the Hall of Awesome. Hmm, that's right. And Vinny and I are the the panel as well as Craig. Mm-hmm. And I believe that after today's show, you are going to go into a Hall of Fame, Rob. You're going to go to the Brian and Vinny Matt Cleary Memorial Hall of Awesome. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Hey. Aye. Somebody didn't say aye. Uh, Brian, did you say aye? I did. Aye. Vinny aye. did. Aye. We don't aye. care about aye. Craig. Aye. Yeah. Oh, there he did. Okay, all right. Well, there he goes. It's very aye. prestigious. You get nothing except right. the uh, the knowledge that you're in there. There's a, there's a forum with a few hundred users who know you're in there. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. You know what? I, I'm, uh, there are no words. There are no words. It matches the award, actually. I am. I'm speechless. You know, not unlike you know, nine of the thirteen weeks that I was on the show. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing to add of any value. Well, you added a lot today, Rob, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you very much for uh, doing this show and. Maybe one of these days when we review Raw 1 for like the eighth time, we'll have you on again. For <laughs> some reason, like, well, every now and then we'll review a show and then everyone just tells us, you know, you reviewed that show like four years ago. I, like, well. I did a watch along with Sean Mooney on his podcast. Oh, goodness. It, it, was, it was the first time I'd seen it since we'd done it. And 
Oh, man, that was painful. <laughs> man, that, that Sean Moody looks great, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what was more painful. I mean, me, you know, or or Heenan dressed as a rabbi and and and, and a woman. <laughs> I don't know which one was more painful, but uh, I tell you, Heenan, God bless him, God rest his soul. What a great guy! What a funny motherfucker! He was <laughs> he awesome. Was, he really was. He really, really was a sweetheart too. Just you know. After I did the vids for the whole show, he, he comes up to me in the backstage dressing room and goes, Marlon, you got balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you did have balls to do that one, especially without telling him. I figured right. he had to know. There's something no new every day. They were fit to be tied. They had no idea. Because, I, you know, well, what could they say? I was just spouting gibberish and ending every sentence with, Money ain't raw! Just... I had a good time on uh, Saturday, too, watching Clash at the Castle, a little bit of the UFC. That was a good show, dude, that Clash at the Castle. And I was sure done was. with the match, so I was so relaxed. I was like, oh, man, what a nice rest of the weekend it's going to be. Just watching some wrestling, doing some shows. Little did I know how the weekend was actually going to end. You got picked on by two UFC veterans. That weekend, huh? Yeah, that fucker stole a bunch of my <laughs> spots, too, quite frankly. Who? Pong, they did the flying elbow into the choke. Oh, did they? It had to be straight yeah. out. Of, it had to be. Oh, my God. And then Ace Steel ch- stole what? me biting you Hold in the on. nose. Hold on. It wasn't Moxley there. Might have been. He I, appeared I can for neither G- confirm nor deny. He appeared well, for Well, of course GCW, he was there. He was in front so of the crowd. doofus. He, he was there in front of everybody cutting a promo. Dude, I don't want to kill Nick Gage's gimmick, but man, that's the sweetest guy. He's <laughs> just like the night. Am I wrong? Well, he beat your ass. I mean, that part little, wasn't good. You but, earned you know, a little respect, I think. It's kind of like, uh, was. you know, Brian Daniels is a nice guy, but then when he's in the ring, he's just a butcher. It's kind of like Nick Gage. Yeah, yeah. Nick Gage can get you fired up like no other. Like positively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the most positive energy going backstage love to see that guy nick gage i just gotta tell one other story which uh because moxley was there in the back and uh and i I first see nick gage and he's just so nice he's he's, oh man he shakes my hand hugs me and then he, he looks at me in my gear and he goes you look fucking great man you look great and then a little while later who should show up but john moxley and I run into John Moxley, and he looks at me, and he says, "You look like a fucking little kid in a Halloween costume." It's like, thanks. <laughs> you look like a fucking little kid in a Halloween costume. Better and than to an be old fair, man. of the two of them, I mean, you know, Moxley's was a little more accurate. There you go. Thank you. Well, blokes, I've done a poll on my Twitter. There's a poll up right now. And uh, 330 votes. We're in a quick five-minute poll. At this moment, who is losing? Chris Jericho has 59.7% of the vote. Ortiz, but 40.3% of the vote. 
So uh, it looks like uh, basically 60 to 40 in favor of Jericho losing tonight, according to my uh, all the bots on my Twitter. It's a highly scientific poll. It's a very scientific poll. Now, did you put a limit on this? You did put a limit on this with everybody Five minutes. that's retweeting it right now. <laughs> so I wanted I wanted the answer before the show goes off the air. They didn't give me a one-minute option, so I did five minutes. We'll see what people think. Aren't you tired of finishing things in one minute, though? You know what? I just want to drive you from this show for this week. Can I do that? I'm really done with you. I'm tired of you coming after me. I'm tired of you saying I sandbagged a show and didn't show up intentionally on Monday. I'm tired of you saying I'm having connection issues. All this sort of stuff. I can pretty much guarantee you that I can do this show a lot better off without you. I can do it just fine on my own. And in fact, and in fact, I, because I am a wizard myself, I am actually going to heal, heal... Dominic Jimenez, Dominic, producer Dom, put your hands on your listening device right now. You are now healed. You will be back with me tomorrow without Brian Alvarez. You're going to need him. <sighs> Fine, you can take the show, brother. At least I got to do the NXT 2.0 report before I left. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're out of time. Have fun with Mike the rest of the week. I quit. Hope you feel better, Dom. We'll talk to you blokes tonight. Wrestling Observer Live. Rob King wants to know, Granny, when Santa left to deliver presents, which direction did he go first? Oh, my gosh. South. Correct. Because he said the North Pole. doesn't matter where he goes. He's going south. You can go north and go the other way. You're at the North Pole. (laughs) You can still go north from the North Pole because the goddamn fucking world is round. Yes, but every direction is south, dumbass. Every direction is north. It's round. No, no direction is north. <laughs> Dude, get out of here, you two. He's at the North Pole. Get out of here. It's <laughs> called the North dumb. Pole, but it's the Earth is round. Therefore, you can go north from anywhere Fine. all the time. <laughs> Fine. You're right, Brian. Of course. How <laughs> silly Am I wrong? I mean, yes, yes. Yes. No, I'm not wrong. I'm wrong in the sense that we have created a north and south on a round fucking planet, but the reality is you can always keep going north. It's round. You can't. Yes. Everything on the can planet we agree is south the next of the north one? pole. Golly. We don't even know how that... Uh, you know we're going to find out someday? That the fucking Milky Way, we've been looking at it upside down the whole time. Then we'll have to change the poles. What happens with those poles? You know those poles flip, don't you? We finally found something Brian's worse at than math. Geography. God, yes. trying to do remote learning with Paisley today. I swear to God, she's got this math gimmick. It's actually kind of cool. I wish I had this when I was a kid. So what they do is it's on this iPad, and the, the, uh, the I don't know if this was math or what it was, <laughs> but basically <laughs> they, uh, they, they show a teeter-totter, okay? And then they show they got, you know, two things. And she gets to drag one thing to one side of the teeter-totter, and she gets to drag the other thing to the other side of the teeter-totter. So the teeter-totter then is either equal, or one side yeah. goes up, or the other side goes up. This, this does count as math, yes. Yeah. So then it goes, you know, there's like a bunny and an anvil. And so she puts the anvil on, and the thing goes, Kshunk, and she puts the bunny on, and the bunny stays there. And then it goes, which is heavier? And she has to pick which one is heavier. I would say that two times out of ten, I got it wrong. What? 
Yeah. Just on the anvil and the bunny question? No, yeah. On the, like, I, you know, I heard, like, which one's heavier, and then I thought, well, obviously the fucking anvil's heavier. But for some reason, this anvil was made of, like, you know, titanium, so it was really light. And it was a fat bunny, so it was all messed up. Anyway, she did way better than I did, is the point. <laughs> is this a private school you're paying for? Or, uh... <laughs> no. No. E.J. Coleman wants to know, Granny, if you're going to sail around the world... North, apparently. Oh, here we go. Here oh, we no. go. What's the name of your boat? Are you tell me if you keep going, you're going to fall off the end? Is it 1500 again? Ah, uh, the name of it is Going North. Go get out of here, Granny. <laughs> That's the name of my boat. Brendan Armstrong wants to know, is there ever a specific time any of you came close to quitting the show? Right now. <laughs> right yep. this second. Everyone. Every time. God. Luckily, Retro Ross sucked. Cool story, bro. What's next? Andrew Windolph wants to know which member of the Extended Empire, he suggests Lance, Tom, Dave, Denise, etc., would be the best at debate. And then he kills his own joke, saying, I suspect Filthy would call himself a master, but that's not the point. Who'd be the best debater? Yeah. Lance, Tom, Dave, Denise, or some other... uh, Guest, uh, what, what would you call it? What's the term? Well, I would definitely be the the best debater because I oh, am Jesus willing to listen Christ. to others, other people's opinions. You don't even understand a globe, for Christ's sake. Oh, get out of here. I understand a globe. It's a circular... What's next, Vinny? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Friday Night Smackdown... Lesnar comes out. Uh, Newman is bragging about how great Lesnar is. Newman? What is that guy's name? Paul. Paul Paul Newman, of course. Nyman. Is it Nyman? Paul Neumann? (laughs) Hello. Builds microphones. Whatever. All right. (laughs) Lesnar gets the mic, does a lot of bragging. And rain comes out. After a few minutes, he knocks. Rain. Rain comes out. It's <laughs> It's a cold day in the arena. Sorry, Grady. Go ahead. Now what did I do wrong? You said rain came out. Like there was a cloud. Rains. 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 Came out yes. after a few minutes. Uh, knocked Lesnar down and walked out. You guys, I'm going to quit in a minute. Naomi versus Charlotte. Charlotte comes out and with feathers all over, hanging on her arms. She does a promo how good she is when Naomi comes out and challenges to wrestle now. Charlotte objects. Naomi attacks her. Naomi has a fine start punching and kicking Charlotte. Has had enough. Charlotte has had enough. She throws Naomi out of the ring, against the barricade, back in the ring. Naomi comes back with a side kick to Charlotte's face. Charlotte does a figure four, goes to figure eight, given a, a full Nelson for the win. I gave that a six. <laughs> she won with a full Nelson. Apparently while doing a figure eight. That Whatever. does sound painful. I don't know what's going on. I guess if she bridged underneath far enough, maybe she could reach the <laughs> Yeah, they did it. They and, made, and they the made a globe. <laughs> oh, God. I should have more here. What's going on? I don't know. Sounds like there's a lot of papers. 
I know that's why I can't figure out anything. Okay, so I know what I'm missing. Just a minute here. No hurry. I had a good one. I can't find it. Well, pick a bad one then. No, we got plenty of time here. I had one with the... We can get the minute by minute for this show. (laughs) That's... Thanks. Can you hang on just a second? Yeah. Got all night. Yeah, we got, shit, we got we got raw eight. Should like, I go pour myself a drink? No, please. Guarantee you, this is still better than raw. Oh, a hundred times. Anyway, yeah. If she starts reading the G one standings, <laughs> just the list of names, just this, the the, the uh, roll call. Where'd she go? I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, I had one for. Uh, Madeline the Hun. <laughs> Excuse me. Now I can't find it. Matilda the Hun. She passed have, away this week. I have so many notes here that I can't. Okay. Anyway, I have to give this one up. Okay. So I have. Do you remember anything about the match off the top of your head? <laughs> Tell me more about Madeline the Hun. Okay. okay. I'll just give it by what I saw. Uh, she she weighed two hundred and eighty pounds. And she came out, and there were three girls going to fight her. And uh, one of them was on the outside, and the two came in. And then they put tried to uh, put rope around her ankles, which didn't work. And uh, she just beat the heck out of those two. And then she tied, she tied them together and uh, beat up on them <laughs> being tied together. It was quite a match. Anyway, I get... Kind of give that a five. A five. A five we didn't from- need the notes, Granny. Seems like you remembered every bit of that match. Well, I probably could do a lot of that, but uh huh. Now I've got uh, t- Tony Jones plus. Uh, gosh. Okay, I'll read this. Knocked her down, kicked her around the ring. <laughs> Talking about Tony Storm. Uh, it's got t- Tony Jones plus Sang Hun, whoever that is, picks her up and drops her, bangs foreheads on apron, very brutal. Put Nick, put Nick, Nick. on rope, oh, Nick. Run, runs across, lands on poor Tommy. Tommy hasn't had a move, keeps slamming her on the mat, pushes. Oh, that's the one, that's the Hun. That's I had two of those. So is it Sang Hun or yeah. Madeline the Hun? Yeah, oh. the first the first one I had was with the two girls. The second one was her Hun with uh, Tommy Jones. <laughs> Tommy Jones. Tony. Tony Jones. Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Not unusual to be loved, anyone. It's Tommy. Tommy hasn't had a move. Keeps slamming her on the mat. Pushes the ref. The crowd hates Hun. Bad comes in and... Fucking Huns. Oh, a little kid comes up to the side of the uh, thing with a wheelchair. I don't know what that meant. But anyway, uh, Tommy runs across, 
headbutts on ta- Tommy Tammy on her back, has her neck on top rope, hun down. Tommy jumps on her for the win. So uh, Tammy, won- Tommy won that one from hun. <laughs> from hun. <laughs> what a mess that is. Guess I gave you guys a lot of laughs tonight, huh? I needed this All show right. more than you know, Granny. <laughs> right. I actually, as someone who actually watched the glow when it was on in the 80s, I remember the Matilda the Hun. I did not remember. <laughs> Madeline? It was not Madeline, no. Oh. But uh, uh, it was, yes, Granny. I heard somebody talk about it. That's why I looked her up. That's a good reason. That's a very good reason. Uh, it's Tammy Jones as her opponent. Who I don't remember, but apparently was doing like a Shirley Temple gimmick. Here she is with like pigtails and a lollipop. And oh, Granny girl. knows Shirley Temple. Did she look like Shirley Temple, Granny? Well, Shirley maybe, Temple was Granny's favorite growing up, for maybe real. The, maybe the hair. Okay, the hair yeah. could have been the ringlets. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about some other things here and hopefully lighten the mood before we get to the negativity and just the downness that we have to when we talk about these shows because we want to be honest about them but john what's going on i'm I'm doing all right how are you good um so i guess i should tell this story before we get into the show but before i'll I'll tease it a little bit it uh, in in so few words i had to save the wrestling observer again today that is the second time, I think, in about three or four weeks. But this one was a little bit different. So we'll, we'll tell that story. Uh, I got a call from Dave at like 9 o'clock this morning. And and uh, it was not... He was not a happy camper, let's just say. But... All right. So let's talk about this saving the observer. So I get a call. And don't worry. I'm, I think Dave is <laughs> fine with this information that I'm that I'm going to mention. Uh, and I think people just kind of like the behind the scenes of the Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer. And you and I are really good friends with him. So there are probably, there's probably nobody who has stories like we have stories. So I just decided to tell this one. Uh, so I get a call and and I'll, I'll tell you what my morning is, is like. So when we have my stepkids, I'm up around 7, 7.30 because I have to drop my stepdaughter off at uh, school by 8-ish, 8.15. So I'm just kind of up and go to uh, take her to school and either I'll start work a little early. I don't usually generally start until 9 in normal day, but sometimes if, you know, I'll start early or, you know, maybe got some podcasts to produce or maybe got something to watch from the night before. But this morning... I was prepared because I was going to make dinner in the slow cooker, the crock pot. And so all my stuff is prepared, making tortilla soup, vegetables are out, chopping, just putting everything together. And I get this call and it's Dave. And I think everybody who has met Dave, everyone who's listened to Dave on a podcast, he has a general countenance of... Hey, how's it going? Like that's Dave. Like it, it, to wrap Dave up as a as a personality and you know just his general demeanor. Dave is, hey, how's it going? Like that's just his tempo. Pretty much every day, every time we hang out with him, that's that's kind of how he is. And so even you know when I talked to him on the phone, same thing. This was not that. This was 
Oh my god. And and when you start like when you call somebody and you start with oh my god, there's a pause after the oh my god, and I swear three or four really negative feelings got in my brain. I was like, okay, am I going to have to call 911? What is going on with this dude? Is he not well? Is he feeling horrible? And why why is he calling me if he's like not feeling well? But like I just immediately I was just like, oh, oh, like what's wrong? Like my heart just like sank a second and I, I went into that like that. You know, sometimes when when you're in these like really scary situations, like you either like pull back a little bit and you don't know what to do, or you just like get you're just ready to get into action. Like I was ready to get into action. I was like, I gotta jump in the car, drive to this dude's house, what's going on? And he says, I think I lost the issue. Now, we've had a few conversations over the last, I would say, five years where I think I lost the issue really meant on his machine, on his computer, his dad created for him all kinds of macros built within Microsoft Word so that him writing the observer has three or four or five or six or seven fail safes. Like if he accidentally hits the wrong button, something will pop up and it'll sort of save the observer for him. But what happens is, is he has, he's so process oriented with this newsletter. If there is something that he doesn't understand that is outside of that process, he's like, in panic mode because his biggest worry is that he just did all this work and it is, it is gone right now. People who are listening to this are probably thinking, well, doesn't he write it in like Google docs? Like it automatically saves like every second. No, he does not because he has the print observer He's been using the same format for the last many years, right? Like everyone, you know, the observer, the look of the observer for you longtime readers has not changed very much. Looks pretty much the same. So when he called me and said, I think, you know, the thing is gone. I was like, eh, probably not. He just probably hit the wrong button or, you know, or it got misplaced and he just can't find it because he's too scared to click around and, and to really cause problems. And so I was like, okay. But then he was like way more frustrated and down than usual. Cause sometimes he'll just say, Hey, can you come, you know, can you come help me fi- fix this? Like whatever, you know, obviously, people know Dave's not a technical guy. And he just said, it's gone. And it was so final in his mind that this thing was gone and done for. And this is the Hall of Fame issue, right? This is the one of the biggest issues of the year. All the voting, all the Hall of Fame voting from this year, all the people who are getting in, the bios that, that he's writing. And so in his mind... Like the last 20 to 30 hours that he spent writing this thing is gone. And he's looking at a deadline of Thursday night. And so this was Wednesday morning. And he's just thinking like, there's no way I would be able to finish even 
if I push the deadline back a day, just because it's just so much content. And I think he even thought that maybe, you know, all the voting stuff that he did, because it's so manual and so much by hand, that it was just gone. Because he had finished that part of the issue. So he's probably just like threw away his notes, like whatever he used to count the votes, um, the abacus that he used. Uh, so I don't, So he was just like really down. And it's it's never like that. So it's kind of weird to hear him so frustrated. And so I was like, okay, um, I kind of walked him through a couple of, or I had him walk me through kind of his save process and where his backup file is and how he saves and what drive he saves to and all that. And after he told me what he thinks he did, I was like, yeah, this thing might be gone. I mean, I didn't tell him. I was like, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll call Tony Leader, Tony Leader, the guy who runs the, the website on the back end. And uh, I said, you know, he, he's a computer guy. He may be able to help us. Like I was trying to give Dave hope, but in the back of my mind, I was like, this thing may be done. I, I may not be able to save the observer this time. So he's just so distraught and he's just down and he's so frustrated. And he calls Brian. I get a text from Brian. <laughs> he's like, you know, can you go over there? And, you know, I'm still making my soup and, you know, meeting. I had a meeting at 11. It got canceled. So I was kind of chilling. I was like, oh, I'll be able to get some work done here. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I can go. Like, I, you know, it, it, this this doesn't happen often. But also, like, Dave's a friend. Like, I'm going to help him, you know, in this in this situation. I'm an Observer fan. Like, I read every single issue. So, uh, so I get it. And, um you know, Tony, Tony leader, I called him or he, he texted me too. And so he's like, you know, if you, if you need, um, if you need me, we'll, we'll put something on his computer where I can sort of drive and track and see if I can find it. And we'll try to reverse engineer the process. I'm like, yep, that's fine. That's what we'll do. So I go and uh, show up and you know, Danny, Danny's there Mm -hmm. and Danny had just gotten home from work. So this is probably like, probably at like nine 30, 10 o'clock AM now. And so Danny works nights. And so he just walks through the door and I was like, Hey, what's going on? I haven't seen him in a while. And I told him what's happening, you know, and he knows cause he's lived with Dave since he's been a little kid. He knows exactly about the process of the observer. And I told him, I was like, yeah, Dave thinks that might be gone. And he's like, what? No way. And Danny's very animated, right? Very loud and animated. That's just his personality. And then Dave kind of peers around the corner. And I was like, oh, no. He heard us talking about the observer. What's going on? What's going on, guys? What's going on? (laughs) So, um, you know, I could just tell. I could see it in his face. Like, his face says, this thing is done. My life is ruined. I'll never be able to recreate this. And, like, he's just thinking the next two days of his life are going to be so screwed up. So I go up there and I sit down and I kind of have him show me what he did. And I was just like, I don't think, I think this thing is gone. So I did one thing because like I said, his dad had created all of these macros. And so it's basically, he's basically created these uh, demands or controls in the dock so that, if Dave wants to do something that may take like two or three different clicks, he just built it into like one click. And so I was like clicking around and I was trying to figure out what a couple of those macros did. And I clicked one of them. And basically, at least I think what happened is Dave's dad like 
praise Dave's dad. Geez, like the guy, you know, built this process so long ago and was able to be so uh, intuitive uh, about his son's ability to, you know, to possibly make a mistake. And look, it, it's a, it's a, we've all made that mistake, whether you're writing a paper in high school or college, we've all been there where we're like, Oh my God, I may have lost this thing. And this is like my whole grade. And that's, that is, this was the grown up version of, of that. So, uh, I clicked one thing and I was like, can you, you know, it's like, do you want to recreate this? It's read only. I was like, yes. And then all of a sudden this extra backup file shows up in a bottom tab and Dave had already gone through these tabs and it was gone. And so I clicked on it and it was there and he was like, and I was like, okay, here's the first sentence. Is this what you were looking for? He's like, yep, that's it. And the, the, the blood went back into his face, like in seconds, like he was white as a ghost. (laughs) And then I found it. All the blood came back. He was back to being himself. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Thank, Thankfully, I was able to sort of figure it out. But really, it's Dave's dad, you know, who, who unfortunately is no longer with us, who builds this process knowing that these errors can be made. And thankfully, I was able to sort of click through some of his stuff and, and it showed up. So, man, Hall of Fame issue saved. Dave, I'm sure. I'm sure Dave, 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 and Brian may talk about. It. I don't know. Dave, Dave might be a little embarrassed about the whole situation because he he had to, he put everyone on a call. Everyone had to raise the fire alarm to to figure out what's going on. But um, uh, but yeah. So it, it's there. All of you folks will get to read your uh, read your Hall of Fame bios. I won't spoil the the, the people who made it. I think everyone knows one person made it who is. Uh, uh, Okada. I'm, Dave's kind of teased that one enough without naming his name that I think people are probably like, yeah, it's got to be Okada. Um, so that's my observer story. John knows that this happens a few times a year. It just so happened that uh, it's been a, a couple times recently, but this one, we, we thought it was a goner. We found it thanks to Herb Meltzer's uh, brilliance. Uh, we, we we have the observer. So you should that's a story. You should have really messed with him and said... <laughs> I don't know if I can make it, man. Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so bad. Yeah, yeah. Like he would be like, that would have I don't know. Top. You know, you know, you know, you have a a panic attack of some sort. Like I don't know if Dave actually had a panic attack, but he, it was like one of those moments where he was just like didn't know. Like you know, Dave's a really smart guy, and he did not know how to solve this problem. And he he was very frustrated. So yeah, I'm glad you um, clicked on all right. clicked on that file. I'm glad Herb uh, had a nice had a nice safe safety place for all that stuff. Yeah, so the guy was the guy was brilliant in how he built this thing for his son. Well, Colt Cabana wasn't really that big of a surprise. Um, I mean, people were, some people were predicting that anyway. Jeff Jarrett was a surprise though. So Jeff Jarrett's now. Well, I mean, uh, it was a it was a surprise in the sense that. Colt Cabana just happens to be back on Dynamite right after this investigation gets wrapped up that all stemmed from a story that he couldn't be on Dynamite because of CM Punk. And now Punk is gone and here he is. Well, I guess that there's a certain part of that story that people have been denying that was true from the start. Can I say that? 
Well, it sounds like you just did. I just did, yeah. I mean, even if you hadn't said it, I mean, what other conclusion could you come to if you watched that match on Dynamite? People, people will, people will come to different conclusions. But the thing was what it was from the start, and this proved, well, I mean, some people say it didn't prove it, but in fact, um, it did prove that. So there you go. So um, Colt Cabana was in. He lost to Jericho. And uh, I don't know if he's going to be back on the show, but he's under contract to Ring of Honor, which we all know. And his first time, first match on Dynamite in a long, long time. And he was the surprise. And, you know, match was fine. Even kind of good. 34. This is followed by a wretched segment. Involving a bunch of women. This segment was so bad that it was like they, it was almost like they shot it and it was good and they were like, you got to do it again and make it worse. Because <laughs> it was so bad. Like, I feel like they had to do 85 takes for it to be this bad. It could have possibly been this awful the first time. I know. I, I, I just can't believe that like, there's no way this was a best of. <sighs> like the best take. It, it had to be. We got to just keep making it worse. Because it's one of the fucking shittiest segments I've ever so, seen. God bless everybody involved. But if you don't watch NXT 2.0, I mean, you have to go back and watch this fucking thing. So there's Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter and Indy Hartwell's there and uh, her friend Persia Parada, some other woman. And I actually went back over this as best I could and transcribed the entire thing. Oh, now, it's difficult because it's a few times they're all talking over each other. But uh, I'm just going to read this dialogue here, and you're going to say who was saying what line, and I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter. They were all terrible. Hey, girl. What's up, dude? Hi. How was your New Year's? Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, we had a blast. Brooks and I put our boots on, and we did a little Texas two-step. Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not like that. Listen, we're gearing up for this new year where we become NXT Women's Tag Team Champs. Finally. You know what's funny about New Year's resolutions is they always fall short. Yeah, you're looking at the next NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Well, you're looking at three women that want to kick you in the face that's a big challenge for a small girl you're on wait no what is it with you in handicap matches well you're so focused coming into 2022 sure i do well in handicap matches but we could do with a partner what about her yeah thanks but no thanks daddy these girls are so ew you can take her let's go ladies at this point, they show the sleeping woman in the back there. I should fire you on the spot, Vinny. Good luck. Um, who are you? I'm Wendy Chu. And why are you looking at me like a ham sandwich? Wendy who? Ham sandwich? Wendy Chu? Then it ends. Bro, that was a thousand times, like, easily a thousand times better than what they did. Probably. I mean, Fuck. Why did you put so much excitement and and, and personality because and I charisma have... into it? <laughs> are you trying to recap it or are you trying to fix it? I don't know. I don't know. Bros, if I could... I, I can't play it on the air. I don't even think, you know... 
I don't feel that I could get away with it. There, there's that may, but you that. have to go fair use. Yes, you have to go watch this segment. It is not one of these women came off human. <laughs> no, and not likable, not relatable, not realistic. I'm pretty sure I could get a robot. Yes. Anyway, it was like a parody of human beings. By the way, as you mentioned, there's been a. You know what's funny about it too was all one continuous shot. Like, it probably would have been worse with 85 camera cuts, but there was something about it being one long, back-and-forth camera. I just couldn't even believe my eyes. So, as you mentioned, there have been a lot of uh, job issues at NXT, a lot of personnel changes, a lot of downsizing going on. If I worked at NXT, and I wanted to work at NXT, I'd be showing up an hour early and leave an hour late. I'd be helping everybody, finding something to do, tearing the ring down, cleaning the bathrooms, taking the garbage out, making coffee runs, anything I can do. This Wendy Chu person, for months now, shows up looking to nap. Yeah, her gimmick is, this is the former thousand-year-old lady, okay? Now, I guess it's like Rip Van Winkle. She woke up, but she's really tired. So she shows up in her pajamas, and she just sleeps everywhere. Yeah. And it's going nowhere. I guess she's going to wrestle next week. I can't wait. It's like, can you imagine? You had someone whose gimmick was that they were a thousand-year-old creep, okay? And you're like, oh, this ain't going to work. We got to come up with something new. All right, what do you got? Well, she wears pajamas, and she sleeps everywhere. Oh, all right, sure. Let's do it. That's her fucking gimmick. Imperium and Walter versus MSK and Riddle. This was on the same show, that segment we just recapped. <laughs> back to back. Yeah. Yes. 